Welcome to the Thrive Today podcast. I'm Natalie Bourne. I'm the media host for Thrive Today, and I'm the founder of Innovation Meets Leadership. Look, our primary goal at Thrive Today is to help you identify the authority of God's Word and its relevance in your success at work. Well, today I have a very big treat for you. We're talking to Mark Cole. Mark is He has more than 25 years of leadership experience and team development experience, which is awesome. And I know that you're going to love this conversation today. He is uniquely qualified to run John Maxwell's brand. So we're going to talk a little bit about his background and some of the things that he's done in that area. And then he has a passion for leadership and leadership development, not only individuals, but at an organizational level, which is phenomenal. And he's committed to adding value to everyone he comes in contact with, which is what I love about John Maxwell's brand and about Mark Cole. So welcome to the podcast, Mark. Oh, I'm going to tell you, Natalie, any time that I get to do three things, it's a good day. The first is simply to add value to people. And that's exactly what the Thrive Today podcast is doing. If I know you, if I know Colleen Rouse, you guys are adding value week in and week out through this means, through this vehicle. The second thing that makes me excited is any time that I can partner with people that know what they're doing, it's just quality. I mean, excellence. When I watch a pro do anything, I come away better. And just in our um, our pre-hitting the record button, I really sit here and just went, Thrive Today is in good hands, Natalie, because you have a passion for the people that are tuning in today. It's real. It's all over you. And so I'm going to learn from a pro. And then the third reason is absolutely to make my mom, my 92-year young mother who turns 93 next month, proud. I say often, Natalie, that the true leader in our home, my dad had external of the home leadership positions. He was an elected official in our denomination. He's a church leader. He was a leader's leader and uh, passed away about two and a half years ago. But make no mistake, mom was the leader. And, my, and make no mistake, by the way, in the Cole, in the Mark Cole household, Stephanie Cole, my wife, is the leader. And so today I get to talk majority to people that are women that are leaders or people that tune in believe that women have a strong place in the idea of leadership and influence. So I'm happy to be here today. I love that. And, you know, it's so funny that you say that because there is a backstory with Thrive Today with you and Colleen. And I'd love for you to share it a little bit because there's a reason why we have Thrive Today in our hands and it might have a little something to do with with you. Yeah. So, you know, I've been with John Maxwell for 22 years and he's tried and start a lot of things. Every one of them was with good intention. Some was not with good discipline to stay with it. And then others was because the things that we started was in the wrong hands. We were just the pioneer but the person to really settle and drive an idea was somebody else. That was true for Thrive. Many, many years ago in 2004, John Maxwell's organization, an organization at that point I was four years young in, we started an event called Thrive. And and in fact, the first place we hosted it was within Colleen and Dennis Rouse's church. And she was like on a panel and she and I just caught the vision of this concept of, What would it look like for an organization to help women thrive, not just survive? So many organizations at that time, there's a few better ones now, 
so many organizations in the early 2000s was all about helping women just hold on. If you can just hold on, God's going to use you. Just be patient. Well, there began a movement that I love and Thrive stands at the front of this to say, hey, there's no holding on here. There is a get out in front girl and make it happen because if it's going to happen, it's going to be because a woman that is leading has taken the empowerment, the gift, the calling that she has in doing something with it. So Colleen and I synced on that concept back in 2004. So in 2007, 2008, John's companies began to take on a different leadership infrastructure and Thrive kind of got set to the side from an area of focus. And Colleen and I would talk every time we saw each other, whether we were at Leadership Open, an equip event, or whether we were hanging out with John and Margaret Maxwell somewhere, every time we'd go, Thrive still has a future. Thrive still has a future. And so I don't know, it was probably three or four or five years ago. I just went, Colleen, Thrive is yours. It is time now for us to get the dust off of it. It's time now for us to get it out of the John Maxwell-owned world. And Colleen, you need to take this to the next level. And Natalie, you and Colleen are doing just that. So this is kind of like this is kind of like a reunion, a homecoming for me. Right. I get to come and see what Thrive is becoming, and I'm very excited about it. Well, that's, you know, I love that backstory, and I love a good backstory because, you know, as these women are listening here kind of on the line, I want to lean into a piece of work, a piece of content that you wrote in our premiere edition, which was our the launch edition of our magazine on life plans. And so even as women are listening to you talk and feeling inspired, which I do listening to that story, and just knowing that sometimes, even though a dream's not for now, it doesn't mean the dream is dead. It just means that it, it's for another season. I would love for you to lean into this article that you wrote for us. It was phenomenal. You talked a little bit about life plans and you asked us this question. I'm going to read it out to our listeners. Are you planning to reach your potential? I would love for you to talk a little bit about that. Well, it's interesting. So Stephanie, my wife and I, we live on the north side of Atlanta. And when we got married and felt like we wanted to grow roots on this part of it, on this side of Atlanta. John, John Maxwell's companies were up here. We bought a home with a commitment from me to live in that home for two years. It was a pre-foreclosed home and it was just made sense for us at the time. We would live there for two years. And, and then that was in 2007 and the market, or 2006 is when we bought it. 2007, 2008, the market crashed. And so I looked at my wife, who absolutely makes our family happen. I cannot say enough about Stephanie. And we had to wait another year, another year, another year. Well, after a decade plus, over 12 years, we finally decided it was time to transition and move. And so we looked at houses that was already built. We found some property right in a community that we wanted to live, live in, Natalie, real close to you. And we found a community. We decided to build a house. Now, podcast listeners, if you've built a house and you built it and you tried to do it in partnership with someone else, just for a moment, let me hear this. Because oh, you know what's coming next. You know what's happening. <laughs> it was 15 months of only God keeping my marriage together. It was absolutely a difficult time. What about this color? Well, I don't like that color. Well, what about this? You don't know anything about this part of the house. 
but why did you ask me? I mean, I could literally spend the rest of our podcast describing the difficulty of building a house together. And yet every day we would go back to the plans that the architect had built to see if what our new idea or new thought would fit within the structure, the construct, the plans, the loads, the square footage that the house had been built in the first place. I remember just a quick funny story because we built, we wanted to bring our mother, my mother-in-law, my, our, Stephanie's mother in with us. She, her, her, she has a disease in her eyes. She was losing her vision. And so we decided to build a detached kind of guest home, mother-in-law suite. So we put it in there. And according to plan, we now had too much house for the septic tank. And so oh, we, wow. we had been through this now about four months, Natalie. I mean, we're working through it about four months. And then we find out we have too much house. So you know what you do in a subdivision where there's lots available and you have, you have designed a house that is too big for the lot that you're on? You buy another lot. I mean, Natalie, you know how that works. You don't change the plans. You don't condense things down. You just buy another <laughs> lot. So that's what we did. But here's what I discovered in the building of that house. It's something that I already knew intuitively. And that is to have a house that sustains, a house that pleases, a house that is a great place to be a home. There are a set of plans that guide you each and every step of that building. And yet I run around people all the time that understand the importance of plans for their house, but don't have a plan for their life. There's no plan there. Well, how are you growing? Well, I, I'm just kind of growing. Well, what do you want to be when you grow up? I ask that to adults too, by the way, because they need to grow up. Well, I, you know, I think, and anytime I'm talking to somebody about their life and they start thinking, I get scared. When I yeah. talk to somebody about what they're doing to better themselves and they really have this, uh, um, I, uh, I get really nervous. Because I believe of all the things that we build, the cars that we drive, that brilliant engineers had to create and craft for many, 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 many years to get to the level of quality of vehicle and safety that we travel around in. It's our house that I'll go home to tonight and enjoy the benefits of that house. Nothing of substance that's going to stand the test of time is not built without plans. So why a life plan? A life plan is because the only thing, now we're all believers here that's listening to this podcast, or most are, I certainly am, only what we do with our life will sustain our life. Only the plans and the way that we live our life and the way that we cultivate our life will be what we give account for at the end of our life. It's what's well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Depart from me. I don't know you. All is built on the life we live. Can I spend any more time emphatically telling you that the most important thing you can do is to have a plan for the life you want to live? A life that you, a plan for the life you should live. And so for me, and I tried to articulate this in the magazine, the most important thing I do every single year is the three days between between Christmas and New Year's to where I go and review my life to plan 
and I tweak the plan for the life that I want to have the next year. And I call that my life planning process. Wow. And I hope that the women will hear that you don't get anywhere you want to be on accident. You get there on purpose. And so there's this piece that where you talk a little bit about capacity for personal growth. Can you talk a little bit about how is the capacity for personal growth part of this uh, success that we're, we're looking to have in life? And again, if you don't have a plan, you don't have a direction, you don't have a path, which means you're probably not going to make an impact in the way you want to make an impact. So let's talk a little bit about personal growth and what that could look like. Well, and let, let me say this, not to brag, but many of you do not know my bio. You don't know me. And so let me give you a little piece of my story, certainly not to uh, do anything other than encourage those of you that are just getting started. You're just kind of out there. A lot of people know John Maxwell. Very few people know Mark Cole. And even fewer understand the journey that I've been on to get where I am today. But I started as an entry-level telesales representative for John 22 years ago. I was smiling and dialing, picking up phones to get people to come to events. Natalie, just will you come to an event and be a part of a Maxwell event? Today, I am now the owner of a $50 million plus enterprise of businesses. So let's go from entry level to where I had nothing. I was 30 years old and all I was doing is smiling and dialing. And today where I stand before you with the responsibility to carry John Maxwell's legacy beyond his lifespan. Now, the only reason I tell you all that is because the spread there is staggering to me. But the steps were very simple. Growth. So many times people want to climb Mount Everest, but they don't go climb Kilimanjaro first. Or they want to get to the peak of the biggest mountain or the biggest opportunity, not realizing that the only way to see the possibility of that big climb is from a vantage point after a climb that was a lot easier. And if I could tell, personal growth is that. The only way that I'm sitting here today with now the pedigree that I have, that Natalie, you were so kind to share with others, is because I kept climbing at, at the end of each year, I would look around and I would see greater possibility. But if I waited for that possibility to present itself without expanding my capacity of vision, opportunity, and ability, I would have never seen the peaks that I now stand on. So I, you, you couldn't have seen in me the ability to lead beside John Maxwell when I first started here. No one could. But it was the incremental, intentional discipline of growth that allowed us to continue seeing the opportunities that would be my next plateau of growth. And let me say this, perhaps there are women and hopefully even some men, because I would challenge men to be on this podcast listening to how we can unlock the lids of the women around us that need to be leading. Some of you feel like you're about done. Maybe 62 years old is what's telling you that, and all 62-year-olds should be looking at retirement. Maybe it's because you have fought a great fight and you're ready to rest. Maybe it's fatigue. Maybe it's because your kids are no longer coming around and talking to you. And so you feel like, what's life for? Maybe you just found yourself as an empty nester and you just sent all of them out. And what you 
thought your life was about your kids, now you find that they're not anything you can do there and you feel like you're done. John says this, he says, when you set goals, when you hit that goal, you're done. When you have a finish line and you cross the finish line, guess what? You're finished. We don't teach goal setting. We teach growth setting because there should be no finish line in your ability to contribute to those around you. There should be no destination disease that says, oh, if I could just get done with raising my kids here, or oh, if I could just get that great position in the company that I'm working in. Don't let a position or a passion stop when you have had an accomplishment in your life. Let that just be the floor to the next peak that you begin climbing toward. So going back, how do we ensure that we do that, that this coming, bringing this back? The only way I know to ensure that you have a better years ahead of you than your best years behind you mindset is with a growth plan. Every year, sit down and say, how am I going to be better at X at the end of this year than I was at the beginning of this year? Wow. You know, it's interesting as, as we think about this, I bet a lot of the women listening are thinking, okay, that's a mindset shift. Every year I sit down and create five goals. Maybe I, I knock some of them out of the park. Maybe there's a few that hang on and didn't get done. So then I just put them on next year. Can you talk to us practically about maybe an example of what growth versus goals looks like? Yeah. So we right now in John's world, we started in 2011, we started certifying coaches, speakers, and trainers to begin seeing themselves as professional coaches, speakers, trainers, and, and we call them John Maxwell team members. We started out feeling like that if we could get 3,000 coaches that we will ha would have done good. Well, in 10 years, we have now we now have over 41,000 coaches, speakers, and trainers in 163 countries. Wow. And our initial financial portfolio or performa called for 3,000. And again, here we are at 41,000. What we realize now with 41,000 trained men and women that are building businesses that are making already existing businesses better, and others are just using it for personal growth, is we now have an army that wants to mobilize to do something good for the world. We call that changing the world with transformational values. And we've mobilized this group of women and men. But here's something that I realized, uh, Natalie, uh, recently. 41,000, as staggering as that may sound to you, and as staggering as it does sound to us who only thought 3,000 was the right number at the beginning. It's still not enough to make the impact in the world that is in deficit of values-based, people-centered, servant leadership. We just don't have enough army members. We just don't have enough community to really make the splash in the country, in the globe, that we feel like this brand is supposed to. So I set a, an objective a year, a half, year and a half ago that we are now going after 100,000 coaches, speakers, and trainers in the next five years, which is, 
It took us 10 years to get 41,000. In five years, we want to double that. Now, here's the reason, because 100,000 sounds good. I tell people all the time, I don't set goals. I set mile markers. We will know at 100,000 what the next destination is going to take us to. Because I don't want to get to 100,000 and say, wow, we're done. This is great. High five. I want to get to 100,000 and say, now what? What are we supposed to do? So for those of you that have a goal of losing weight because it's February or a goal of building your business time plus $100,000 this year, all that is good, but already be answering this question. I want to lose weight so that I want to go my business by a hundred thousand so that when you don't have the so that a lot of times goals becomes your end game rather than your begin game and reaching goals, reaching aspirations should be so that something greater can happen because you have grown your influence. Well, what I hear you leaning into is the, the why. It's not just the what, lose weight. It's the why do I want to lose weight? And so when the what gives out, the why kicks in. And I just, I see something so powerful there with the why, because oftentimes we do what's and we don't know why we're doing it. And then why are you trying to lose weight? I don't know. I'm just supposed to. My my jeans don't fit, right? Versus I have a plan to run a 5K. And then I hope that that becomes a 10K. And that's going to help me live a healthier lifestyle so I can be around for my kids. Like that's my why. So I, I love just grounding into that why, because it keeps us going when things get hard. I agree. I agree. You know, all of us at Simon Sinek, a friend of mine, wrote the book, Start With Why. And I, I really think he was on to something. So he says, when you set a goal, answer the question why five times and you'll start getting to the root of the goal. I want to lose five pounds. Why? Because I don't like the way I look. Why? Because I'm starting to feel terrible. Why? Well, because I'm not at my best. Well, why? Because my family deserves my best. Oh, so this is for your family then. And a lot of times when we don't dig into that deeper surface, deeper level of why, we stop because we haven't tied it to something that is much greater than just the way that we look or the way that we feel. That's so good. That's so good. Well, I want to talk a little bit about, as we kind of close our our final thoughts here, I want to talk about life plans and how they can help prepare us for unexpected challenges that may come our way. You know, um, now, I, I don't know if we'll get time to do this, Natalie, so let me demystify life plans for just a moment. My first life plan I called a growth plan. My first growth plan really consisted of putting five books, five events, and five people on a piece of paper that I was going to read, attend, and spend time with in the year 2001. That was my first life plan. So I don't want to demystify. I want to demystify life plans because now it's a 17-page document. I don't have it sitting here on my desk, Natalie, or I'd hold it up for our viewers. Now it's a 17-page document that if I show you and I went through it, you'd, you, you could stagger and go, oh, that is way too intense. Well, it's not way too intense for me because back to my house story, my life is more important than the house that Stephanie and I live in. And I'm going to be as detailed about my life as possible. But it didn't start there, my friends, and don't try to start there. Start as simple as I did, five books, five people, 
that I want to spend time with throughout this year and five books that I'm going to read to make me better. That first year in 2001, Natalie, there was even there was no reason the books didn't even make sense with each other. It was just five books that somebody told me I need to read and I'd put it on there. It was five events that I kind of wanted to go to and I went on there. It, it was five people that I was like, man, if I could get to lunch with them, I'd be a better person. The second year I got a little smarter and I went, I'm going to read books with the same theme and I'm going to go to events with the same desire of what I'm getting from the books. And when I go talk to people, I'm going to talk to them about what I'm learning from these books. And my personal, my personal growth plan, my life plan went to version two. It went to a little bit more sophistication. Now, for the last several years, I have defined my life into five buckets there are five pillars to my life that needs yearly, monthly, daily attention. And I, I won't take time in this because, again, I don't want to get too sophisticated with a life plan and discourage people from just getting started. But I'm very intentional. One of my plan, one of my pillars is my family plan. I travel a lot. I'm with John a lot. And so, therefore, the only way that I can ensure that I can travel the world and help everyone else and still come back with a strong family pillar is with a whole lot of intentionality. So I don't take a trip to where I have not sat down with my 15-year-old now and my wife and said, teen, this is where I'm going. This is why I'm going. And these are the most important meetings while I'm gone. Will you put on your calendar, my 15-year-old Macy, this particular time frame? And will you be praying for me during this meeting? What happens, Natalie, is now my family feels like they're going with me. What also happens is, is after that meeting, my daughter is texting saying, Dad, I've been praying for the last hour while you were meeting with the president of Paraguay. How did it go? And I'm able to tell her what it is so that we together feel like we were in the, in the meeting together and we share the results. My life plan affords me to be able to be a bigger, whatever that means, leader and yet keep a strong foundation within me. Ladies, I will tell you, John's been saying this lately and it's so true. How women are now leading in a man's world that it used to be and leading us better is unbelievable because of the demands on your life. The emotional things that you have to go through when you leave that child to go fight for that career. You are doing better than the man's world was doing now that you have entered it and turned it from that. And yet you are staying true to who only you can be. The emotional capacity to do that is only sustainable if you have an intentional plan to keep you in check and on point with all the areas that are important to you. If I could tell you a life plan was great for me and very helpful and has kept me a great family, great accomplishment, I went from entry level to now owning millions of dollars of businesses. If a life plan was good for me, it will be unprecedentedly great for the women that are listening to this podcast that want to go to the next level in their leadership. And you can have it all. You were built to be able to lead, to love, and to have that at home and in the work environment. Wow. I love this time together. This has been such an incredible time, Mark. You have 
spoken life and truth and just fire into the hearts of these women. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Natalie. I appreciate you. Well, guys, thank you for joining the Thrive Today podcast. Be sure to follow, subscribe, and share on your social media platforms and tell others about this leadership podcast. To find out more about Mark, I'd love for you to follow him on LinkedIn, Twitter, go over to Instagram, or check out the John Maxwell website. And guys, as you step into your worlds, we want to remind you to lead with leadership, community, and strength. We'll see you next time. 